on SAFM with John Kerriga. With John, 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 John Kerriga. Okay, did you watch the TV show The Queen's Gambit? I did. Got me interested in chess again. Realized I'm not very good at the sports slash game. It's been recognized, and we spoke about this with the War Games uh, guy, or was it last week, the week before, about how chess is its own separate department, but it's one of the oldest sports dating back to the 6th century from India. And people are playing it now. You can play it online, which is fantastic. It's simple. It's really, really easy, right? 64 blocks, two opposing sides, 16 pieces each. Technically, they wage war against each other until one side surrenders or you get a checkmate. But how difficult can it be? Let's talk to Clyde Wolp. He is the director of the Go for Chess Academy, former South African chess champion, also the author of The Power of Chess. Clyde, good chatting to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, John. Great to be with you. It sounds like such a simple game, but it's probably the opposite, which is, I'm sure, why you're going to tell me that's the reason you love it. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is in this age of computers, it's still ultimately a game of logic, and that's how we, we coach chess. And it's got to make sense, and chess is life, and chess is a life skill. How important is it at the moment that, what's his name, Magnus Haste, Haystack, the, the world champion? Magnus Carlsen. Carlsen, that he's so young. Has that changed the perception of chess? Well, it definitely has. I mean, he's also a chess businessman and he's invested. Chess has completely changed. I mean, just the fact that there's a Norwegian in the top 10, never mind the world champion. Mm. Although, funny enough, he's actually not officially the world champion. He relinquished the title. He's the highest rated player, but he doesn't play in the world champion series anymore he doesn't want to play that format it, it's an interesting it, he's got a bit of an attitude a bit of a rock star yeah definitely yeah let's talk about the game right it sounds simple but one white square bottom right hand corner you got to make sure your board's facing the right way and that's yeah. just just from starting already that's complicated well it's just like in tennis you have to have the, board, the court set up properly you've got to have tram lines if it's doubles etc so okay. it just just has a Set up. If you don't set the board up properly, the game is you, 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 the game doesn't exist. You have to start again. It's invalid. Okay. So square right, white square, bottom right hand side, right? That's one of the things. Yes. Okay. Then you've got a bunch. Of, how many are there? A bunch of pawns. Eight pawns. What is a eight pawn? Eight pawns each. Eight pawns each. What is and a then pawn? The back, back. A pawn is the weakest. Uh, the, the weakest in value. One point. Uh, the pawns are like the foot soldiers in front. They attack, they defend, just like soldiers. And one of the analogies we use in teaching kids chess is that pawns like a baby, starts off slow and then progresses in strength and ultimately can become a queen, can promote to a queen. Sure. Do I mean, there's so many levels of chess, but are pawns important in the game? And I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm sure every, every piece is important. But when yes. they can only move one direction, they can only take diagonally, are they, are they still important in the game or are they just getting in the way? No, incredibly important, and also deciding which pawns to move, because you move pawns for a reason, so you move a pawn to let out a bishop, for example, and if you move too many pawns, they become weak. So pawns are definitely important, and also with a view to the end game, um, which is obviously the third stage of the game, then you're looking at your pawn structures, because if you have very weak pawn structures, then you have a very bad end game. I read a book once about chess and I stopped after chapter one. The point of chess is to control the center of the board. I wouldn't say it's the point of chess, but I would say the analogy well, the, is like the any strategy. other sport. 
Well, like, for example, tennis, if you're in the center, right. you can choose where to place your shot so you have more control. So the center is important, but it's certainly not the point of chess. Okay, uh, point, of, point, point of chess is to get a checkmate. Uh, let, before we get to there, that's, that's yeah, way down correct. the line. Um, yeah. All right, so we've got the eight pawns in the front. Each player has their own pawns. Then we have uh, a bunch of strange-looking ones at the back. There's, let's start, I, I call them the castle. What do you call them? Well, they're officially called the rooks. The rooks, okay. They look like castles. That's also the thing about chess. Everything looks like something, and it's compared to something in life. So it's a, it's a structure. looks like a castle. It's called a rook. It's a very powerful piece that can move unlimited amount of spaces, left or right, columns and rows. So uh, it's a very strong piece. And then next to it is the knight, or the horsey. Yeah, once again, a lot of people call it the horse, so that implies it can jump. Mm-hmm. The, the knight, we call it a knight. The knight is the only piece in chess that can jump over either its own pieces or the opponent's pieces. Okay, so that's important. So if there's a pawn in front of it, and uh, there's a pawn in front of a, a, a rook, as you were talking about earlier, it can't move any further, Correct. but Correct. A, a, the, the knight can. It can jump over that pawn. Yes, I mean, as we go further to discuss all the pieces, you'll see every single piece has something unique about it. Even the pawns, they have some powers that other pieces don't have. Okay. Uh, Next is my favorite. The bishop goes diagonally only, as opposed to the, the, I'm going to call it the castle, that only goes in straight lines. This one goes diagonally in lines. Goes diagonally, but the analogy of a bishop is like a sniper. Hmm? You can stand far back and attack from, from far away because it can travel on a diagonal, but any amount of squares. And there won't be a piece in its way, except... Oh, there, there could be, yeah. Sorry, I'm There could be, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you used... Okay, they see, I'm learning new things. It's a sniper. <laughs> it sits at the back there and just waits. Well, the analogy is, that's a sniper, and then we always say knights before bishops, because just like in the movies, the guy on the horse, mm. which is the knight, you have to come closer to fight. So you wouldn't be effective from far away. So that's once again, just like in life, the knights go close up in the center, mm. whereas the bishops would be the sniper, you know, or, or, um, far away, attacking far away, and also safely out of out of reach of the opponent's pieces. Right. Okay. Then the two important ones. You've got the king and the queen. Let's go with the queen. The queen, most powerful piece on the board. Yeah, that's the correct word. Powerful. Mm-hmm. The most powerful in terms of moves can move unlimited directions like a bishop or like a rook, wherever there's space. Can't move like a knight. We use the word powerful but not important because yeah. important we say for the king because the king is the most important piece. And the king, I want to say, is the weakest. Well, it's interesting. You say it's the weakest because you can only move one square at yeah. a time. But the king grows in strength during the game. It starts off in the opening. You have to protect it. But by the time you get to the end game, the king is the most powerful piece because it comes out as an attacking piece and it supports the other pieces. Just trying to understand, Clyde Wolper, how, do you, how does one get started in chess? I mean, it, we've run through it quickly, but you and I both understand how these pieces move. If somebody's looking yeah. at that and go, I don't know, how does one begin to play the game? Well, just first of all, um, you know, I spoke to your producer before about online. I mean, on these days, that's how so many people do get good by just playing online mm-hmm. and you just learn the game and pick it up um, and, and just keep getting better and better. And 
and also you can learn from your mistakes. So as coaches, we also monitor our pupils' games online. Not that we're trying to say just play online, but online is just a way of practicing. Mm. I just get beaten a lot and I get dejected, but I guess that's life. Yeah, well, you know, you also say that you learn much more, just like in anything. From you, if you lose to a stronger player, you lose, you'll learn more than if you beat a weaker player because right. you also learn from your opponent as you go along. Even world champions have said in the world championship match itself, um, you know, the, like the Kasparov Karpov game, Kasparov said, like, was learning from his opponent as the game mm. was progressing. What I like about some of this online stuff now is they're almost little coaches on their own. They they will point out where you made a mistake or where you could have made a better move, and that's a great way to learn. Yes and no. I think sometimes it could be a little bit of over-analysis mm-hmm. um, to nitpick on every move because, I mean, let's think about it. The top players in the world know that the computer moves or the computer suggests this or that, but yet everybody's got a personal opinion about how to play the openings. So, yes, the computer's going to be right, but um, sometimes to get the essence of, of the lesson, there's, some, there's, there's always going to be a key moment in a game where mm-hmm. you made a mistake as opposed to nitpicking on percentage points every single move. Is chess, I, I mean, it's a silly question to ask, but it's accessible to everybody. It's relatively cheap sport. Find yourself a cheap chess board. You could even make it from, from stones and sticks. Definitely, and also the thing about chess, it's, you know, it's a complete leveler. You know, everybody's the same when you're playing chess, and also it's a universal language. Mm. Um, it's the most, as you said in, in the introduction, it's the, the most popular game, and uh, anywhere in the world you go, people play chess. So even if you can't speak the language, you can speak the language of chess. Uh, besides playing, what, what I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a business thing as well. I'm busy reading a book, and they use chess as as a great analogy for running businesses it's more than just playing the game it's the critical thinking it's the mental ability the agility uh, the the reason to think differently so it's so much more than just uh, moving some pieces around a board yeah definitely there's a lot of business analogies as well and different you know just different um, sort of applications we also do uh, certain workshops and um, you know, team building exercise for businesses as well, because ultimately it comes back to life principles as well. All right. So much to talk about, Clyde. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So we're going to have to do another chess masterclass well, in a bit. Love right. to do that. Love to do that. Thanks, for the, thanks, John. It was great to chat. Clyde Wolpe, director of the Go for Chess Academy, former South African chess champion. You can find his book called The Power of Chess. Obviously, so much more than just the game. I've got a minute to wrap up what's happening sports-wise. Nottingham